the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Market Commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. I don't think it's that difficult to ultimately be successful as an investor. Yeah, there's going to be some down years. and Yeah, there's going to be times where it feels like things are working against you. Especially, quote-unquote, the system. I find it difficult to believe that you have a better option than what historically has been the best rate of returns. Historically, stocks have averaged 10 plus percent each year for any given year over a 100 year period. But it doesn't mean it always happens. A large part of that ultimately is dividends. I'm a big fan of dividends. I'm a big fan of keeping it simple. I could throw out you know, 30, 40 names for you that are all great companies that I would probably imagine others 30, 40. Let's call it 40. I'd imagine that 35 are going to work out pretty well for you over time. 30 real well, 5 kind of a push, and 5 kind of flops. That's all you need. You know, it's two phases of your life. There's wealth accumulation and there's wealth preservation. And sadly, the wealth accumulation is probably 20 to 50, 55. So it's 30, 35 years, maybe 40 years if you go all the way up to 60. And there's challenges in that period of time. Your 20s where you, you know, are independent. You have a credit card. And you're like, I want to go to China. I want to see the great wall of China. Or I want to go to Europe. I want to see uh, French girls go, ooh la la la, Moulin Rouge. Voulez-vous coucher? Ah, that's all the French I know. Why no zooby zooby zoo? So in your 20s, you kind of like get in this crazy period. And then in your 30s, you're like, oh, I better settle down because my looks are starting to go. My gut's starting to increase. Therefore, I better get a mate and make babies because all my friends have gotten mates and made babies. And that can only be made worse by Facebook in this day and age. Then in your 40s, your kids are starting to go to college. So your 30s has got like a ridiculously stupid wedding because she has to be a princess. Daddy's a little girl. And then in your 40s, you're either divorcing and going through an expensive breakup or sending your kids to mar- uh, college. Then there's the tree that falls on your house along the way. So your 20s, 30s, and 40s, like, they're not exactly prime times to be saving, but you have to make prime time saving. 
It has to be done. 75% of Americans, baby boomers, are going to rely on Social Security to make ends meet in retirement. And that's not good. Social Security was meant to catch people who fell through the economy. I'm not going to say like the drinkers and the drug users. It wasn't quite that. But it was more that than all Americans deserve this paycheck in retirement that's going to, you know, help them. There's a safety net. Just in case our government took care of people who, you know, were our citizens. So anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Tragically, again, at age 60, when you finally have your head... You're no longer spinning on a kid. Your hormones have settled down. No one wants to hire you anymore. Unless you have a unique job. Super Bowl weekend. Woo, woo, woo. Well, there goes the best of of this show. Kind of dated myself there, huh? Um, I don't know. Like the Super Bowl. I've seen way too many people blow huge amounts of money going to big events like that. Again, I'm guilty of it. In my 20s, I had season tickets to the Washington Capitals. Biggest waste of money I've ever had. That's clearly the biggest waste. Had they won the uh, the Stanley Cup that year, I would have been like totally different. I would have been like, this is the best year of my life. No. There's some absurd, absurd fees now that are starting to show up on airlines. And again, maybe you are rich. Maybe you are stinking rich. Or maybe you know that you've got a terminal disease and are going to die. But paying 40 bucks to be the first to board, 25 bucks for your carry-on bag, the airlines, I hate them. I try to fly only two airlines now because they don't do the silliness. Southwest, Virgin America, and maybe JetLow. Check bags fees have become fairly common. Some airlines are starting to charge for carry-ons, too. Spirit and Allegiant both charge between 25 and 54 carry-on luggage. Now I get it. You know what? Let's just do flights based on weight. Seriously. That would encourage me to lose a little weight before vacation, for sure. Right? Request a mailed copy of your itinerary from Virgin America. Cost you 20 bucks. Like... Isn't that just a receipt? Like, don't I naturally get that? Nope. 20 bucks. I don't know. Charge for what you use is kind of the concept they hide behind. If you use United's Fairlock service, customers can pay up to $20 to hold a quoted fare for either 72 hours or 7 days. Okay, wait, wait. So you can hold a fare... And you have to pay to hold a fare? Okay, I go. And I suppose, you know, the idea on that is if the plane sells out while you're trying to decide. But start booking three to six weeks in advance, people. If you can. You know, I understand death in a couple scenarios where you can't. So, when you redeem your airline miles, always redeem for the longer flights, not the shorter flights. More bang for your buck. Unclaimed property. 
I saw this popped up as one of the Yahoo headlines this week, unclaimed property. And every state has unclaimed property websites. Surprisingly, I punched in my name, my first name and middle initial, my last name, various cities that I've lived in, and sure enough, 32 bucks came up. I <laughs> know you're saying, wow. Wow. What happens if I had a great uncle who left me something in San Diego, and I never punched in San Diego? That's the problem with it, is you have to punch in the city. So, I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Again, I brought up the airline fees because most of those are elective. Paying $40 to board first. Okay, if I'm trying to get a woman to like me, maybe. But that's ridiculous in and of itself. Got two events coming up this weekend, 24 hours from now. 26 hours from now. Going to be doing a wealth preservation retirement planning event. Saturday, February 2nd, from 9 to noon, Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek. This is run by CFP Chad Burton, talking about risk, diversification, tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, rebalancing your portfolio. In the afternoon, Money 101, all things financial. That's for the people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s who are accumulating wealth, who need to understand disability insurance, life insurance, investing, 401ks, all the tips, hints, tricks, like never buy a new car. People who buy new cars are just a name. Again, it's a $20,000 mistake right out of the gate. This is me, Rob Black, on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're working our way out towards the Concord Drive where a two-car pileup is in the center divide. On Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. CFP Chad Burton sitting in with me because we're doing some seminars tomorrow in the Bay Area. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning in the morning from 9 to noon. Plenty of space. You can sign up at robblack.com from 9 to noon. Money 101 all things financial from 1 to 4, 1 to 4. Chad, did you listen to uh, the first 15 minutes while you were driving in? I did not, no. Oh, good God. All I heard you say is something about don't buy a new car. Okay. Yeah, I missed the first Uh, portion. We talked about a lot lot of uh, the concept of 20s, you're young and you're stupid, and you go to China to see the Great Wall. In your 30s, you're getting married, and you spend 20000 on a wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. In your 40s, you're getting a divorce or... And spending your, another 20000 on your second wedding, right? <laughs> sending your kids to college. So, like, the system's almost geared against us. Uh, we're too stupid in our 20s, or we're too impulsive in our 20s, and we're, you know, basically our kids are making us bankrupt in our 40s, and by the time we get to our 50s and starting to breathe and relax a little bit, we only have 10 years left. Yeah, so, and what's left for us, right? So I, I think there's a little bit of um, And then, yeah, we that's when we you and I go out and get, like, Maseratis and... We have that midlife crisis where we buy something incredibly stupid. I'm actually proud that I haven't bought a brand new car for myself in like 12 years. Like, yeah. it's it saves a lot of money. It it does. I mean, it is fifteen twenty thousand off the top on a decent car. I mean, I like to drive nice cars, but 
I also have three kids, and I go take them to the mountain all the time, at least once a week. Yeah. And that trash is paint. So why would I buy something new when it's just going to get, you know, too many miles on it real quickly and uh, be a depreciating asset? So you kind of agree with my concept of you work wealth accumulation and wealth preservation. You're more of a wealth preserver. Um, you're a CFP certified financial planner. What is a CFP and who needs one? Well, the CFPs, uh, financial advisors that go the next level, the next step. You can get the CFP designation. And what it is, you take courses and taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, and investing. And uh, you got to pe- take a test to get to the next one. And then you take a 10-hour te- a final exam given over two days. It's got about a 55% pass rate um, in order to get those designations. And you have to keep a certain amount of continuing education uh, every two years that you have to submit to the board. And um, also, there's a whole push right now because most CFPs that are independent call themselves a fiduciary. They're, they say, we act, we're independent, we can give our clients advice that's in their best interest. So right now, there's kind of a push um, for the CFP groups. To, for those people that can't call themselves a fiduciary, they work for large firms or insurance agents that sell commission products that a lot of CFPs out there believe they shouldn't be able to be a CFP because they're selling commission-based products and they're not able to say they're a fiduciary. So I'm kind of on that group. Um, I think that if you're a CFP, you should be able to say you're, you should have to say you're a fiduciary and not sell the types of insurance because people look to you for overall advice without commissions. With that said, um, the financial world is set up, it's kind of a fractured world. There's insurance agents who sell investment products. There's uh, attorneys who like set people up with portfolios. There's there's just various types of there's stockbrokers. There's the people at Ameriprise who God bless their people pick them in parts. You know they're they're so cute. Um, <laughs> but making a career at Ameriprise is pretty brutal. Starting a career at Ameriprise is is commonplace. A lot of people quit their jobs in biotech and suddenly want to become a financial guy and work at Ameriprise and it's it's an entry level job. Yeah. So it's funny because I was talking to a guy when I was checking out the Surface tablets over Christmas. Please tell me you didn't buy one. Um, I actually did because the way that uh, we're, we're going paperless in terms of the way that we open accounts and things like that. Okay, so gotcha. it works well with our Microsoft servers. It works really, really well, much better than an iPad. And so um, I was talking to this guy. He's, oh, I'm, a, I'm in the financial business as well. And he had been pulled into one of these. I'm not going to name the names. There's two of them, but multi-level marketing essentially for financial planning. And where they do their normal job during the day, and then they go out and peddle loaded funds and insurance and annuities at night. And there's actually people above them, and it's multi-level marketing and financial planning. So that exists out there as well. And I would really tell people that if they get, you know, pull, try to be pulled in by a friend into this type of a business, here's what's going to happen. They're going to get, you're going to come up with a list of 100 names. You're going to sell like two or three people maybe. And then you'll realize that you can't make money at it part-time and then the guy above you is going to take the 97 names that are left over and go after them, and they're going to make money, and you're not. Yeah, anything that requires you to sign someone else up or to market to your friends and family, Yeah, I just don't like. It's, I'm happy in the financial world not, like, family members will come up to me and say, what's your advice on this? I'm like, do you really want it? Because I'll give it. But, <laughs> but it might hurt. <laughs> ultimately, like, this could hurt our relationship. Right. Because if you don't have the cojones to go through a down market, don't, don't take this advice. Because down markets happen. So right. I, I think business shouldn't be done with friends and family. 
No, and I, I just I, I still don't get that that uh, people that get sucked into those multi-level marketing deals. Then they start looking at everybody like they're a target. I was at church. My kid introduced me to one of his friends from school, and the dad of this kid, with after a five-minute conversation, was trying to get me to come check out Avacare and sell Avacare for him. Some you know fitness workout drinks and stuff like that. I'm just looking at we're sitting in a church yeah. lobby and he's trying to get me to come to a house for a meeting on Avacare. It was just horrible. Yeah. What do you tend to say on a situation like that? Because I, I'm pretty harsh. Oh, I, I have three business. I have three children and a business to run. I have absolutely no time for multi-level marketing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I tend to say things like, um, I don't believe in multi-level marketing and like, I'm, I'm a little bit blunt on it. <laughs> you look like you're in a cult. That's pretty much what you'll probably say to him. Or this is like um, I told the story the other day. I had a friend who um, she was in high end real estate, and then the high end real estate market fell apart. So she got into you know the drinks, the the company that's getting sued right now, uh, not sued, but the one that's all over NBC because Bill Ackman shorting it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, okay. that rhymes with Smurble Life. <laughs> right. So she got into that, and she got fifteen thousand dollars of chocolate milkshakes in her garage, um, and then now she's a business. Like she didn't have the education to get to where she wanted in life, and basically the I, I can be a salesperson didn't really work out in real estate, didn't really work out in you know product, and right. you know her, she was meant to like massage people's backs. The uh, this uh, client was just telling me a story about a guy he met, a graduate from MIT, got into one of the multi-level marketing deals, but his deal he would go he would go put a suit on and go to a Costco here in the Bay Area in the food court and start striking up conversations with all the people that were shopping at Costco. Say, hey, you want to get better deals than Costco? And, and that's how he grew. And he was making like $30,000 a month doing this stuff. MIT grad. You're not helping the story. <laughs> that's the one success story. And it may be an urban myth, you know. Upcoming seminars this weekend, Saturday, Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning from 9 to noon. That's if you're heading towards retirement, in retirement, have parents are heading towards retirement, this is for you. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Money 101, all things financial. For those of you in your 20s, 30s, 40s who are learning about any financial concept and are intimidated by it, I'll demystify it all. Sign up at robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking. Money, investing, retirement, getting you there, kicking, screaming, whatever it is we've got to do. Talking some of the big headlines that are out there. Chrysler posts strongest January sales in five years. It's nice to see. Exxon profit beat street with 6% gain. Exxon and Apple battle for top company market cap in the world, top profits company in the world. Dell shares jump on report of buyout plans. Dell, one of those companies that's just not relevant anymore. You could look at companies like that and say, yeah, maybe I'm interested, but not me. 
United States gains 157,000 jobs a couple months of December and November revisions as well. Jobless rate rises to 7.9%. Facebook, uh, the eye of the beholder, will find the beauty or the ugliness in it. Facebook looks a lot more attractive in the 20s than it does in the 30s. In a couple of years from now, we'll say Facebook looks a lot more attractive in the 30s than in the 40s. It's just a very richly valued company. Mr. Chad Burton, CFP, in town, doing some seminars this weekend, Embassy Suites in Walnut Creek. It's been a while since we've been to Walnut Creek. Yeah, a long time. Almost, I think a year. Yeah. You know where we haven't been forever is Marin. Yeah, we're not going back to Marin. <laughs> you always say that. Tree hugging. And then hippies. I squeeze you one Marin event every two years. Tree hugging. And it gets you up there, and then afterwards you're like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. You left Corte Madera and never looked back. That's right. I, in fact, my Corte Madera was a stepping stone into San Francisco, but um, before that, I even Sausalito. I was the king of Sausalito. Yeah, you were. It's uh, not hard to do. Made a huge mistake. I was like, um, on the East Coast, and I'm like, I'm moving to the West Coast. And I almost ended up in Portland, which, for the record, I'm thrilled that I didn't. Because <laughs> uh, I'm the king of Portland. Portland's nice to visit. It's just no place for me. Have you seen the show Portlandia? You know, I've, I've watched, I watched two episodes when it first came out. Yeah. It's not something that... It is, I know a lot of people love it, but... Yeah. It's kind of it is so thing. accurate about the crazy weirdos that y'all have up there. Yeah, and, and I love it. I mean, you're unique, to say the least. We have the king of all hipsters are all in Portland. Yeah. I'd go a little further. I'd say the king of all lumberjacks, the king of tattoo guys. The hipster now. The, the, king, of, the king of piercings. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you are a white guy, and I mean that with respect. <laughs> no, no tattoos that I've ever seen. You must be a hot commodity for the average woman there. Because, That's like, right. you've got a white-collar job. You've got a big house, you've got a big car, a big boat. Like, life's been pretty good to you compared to the hipsters of Portland. That's true. But the hipsters of Portland, they're a lot of times rich little kids that look. They like to look. I mean, they spend a lot of money to look poor. That's the whole thing a hipster. And they put on the clear glasses just so they look ironically smart, whatever that means. And Yeah, don't get me started on the hipsters thing. Let's go back to Facebook for a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I met Fred Armisen yesterday. He's the star of uh, Portlandia. Where'd you meet him at Cron? Yeah. Oh. So, sweet guy. Yeah. He said I was funny. Oh, good. So, he said you did financial news like no one I've ever seen do financial news. I was happy with that. Excellent. So he was, did a guest appearance on yeah. Cron 4? Yeah. And I was like, sorry, I've never seen Portlandia. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to talk more about me? <laughs> okay. Um, Chad gave me a question. Five years and four months later, the market has recovered. Just about, yep. So now, if you, if you look at the, the stock market with dividends being reinvested, huh? people are higher. If they would have oh, yeah. stuck to a program, people are higher in portfolios. Or if they had more money to invest on a regular basis, 401k, 403b, you're way higher. Right. And even people that you know retired prior to that, and if they set up their portfolio in the right way, where you hedge three, five, and then seven years of, of income, higher as well. Positive returns, even if they're drawing on their portfolio. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, if, if you think back, I remember when the market bottomed very clearly in March of 2009. And stuff had sold off 40 50% where companies were, you know, showing probably potential 15 20% cut in revenue. And you could see where it sold off too much in terms of fear. And so many people, you know, really it was 2008 when people started to panic out. 
And now people are panicking back in. And it's a, it's a really interesting point because right now the market's really at a pivotal, pivotal point in terms of not pricing in any geopolitical concerns, any political concerns at all, really. It's just pressing forward. People are piling into funds, equity funds, um, in the first month of this year, which is typically a good barometer for the full year. Yeah. But we still have some significant issues going forward. Um, really, Dude, I, think I think it's just easy money going forward. You can't, totally you, can't really, think, you can't really fight the Fed. I think you just pull out the money rake. <laughs> Rob Black's money rake available at Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. Some exaggerated bet. The Rob Black money rake. I like it. Right. Put it on your website. Sell it. Sell it. Okay, so you, are you worried about the markets or are you not worried? I'm having a tough time figuring you out. Um, no, I, it, so there's – you have to look at when you're managing wealth, when you're managing for the upside and, and the downside just as much. You look at situations in terms of what's the potential return and what's the risk. You have to weigh the risk and the return at all times. And – so if you're you're trying to achieve certain rates of return and, and get there with the least amount of risk, there's times in the market where you do want to have your foot to the gas, you know, overweight, small cap, mid cap, emerging markets, things like that. And I I want to be there. However, there's a lot of uncertainty still with, with the sequestration and, and the budget issues. I think they're going to deal with it. And I think the Fed's just going to continue to pump money into the system. Um, but the market is rallying. You know, it's not like companies are increasing their revenues at a rapid pace. They're still doing the bottom line. They're still expanding their margins. Um, I think if we can get rid of some uncertainty, I think that small cap, especially small cap world type stuff, where there's so much cash on the balance sheets, they're going to be acquisition targets. Yeah. Because companies are not going to be able to grow by growing revenue. They're going to have to buy the growth. Sure. Pharmaceuticals are doing that right now. They're either spinning off stuff or, or buying new drugs. Um, Pfizer spun off their pet division this morning. Yeah, and had a better than expected IPO price. Zoitis or something crazy like that? Yeah, the uh, antibiotics for livestock and animals and things like that. Which yeah. is kind of a controversial deal, but um, profitable business and rapidly growing. Only a third so far of their uh, sales in emerging markets, so that they have a huge expansion opportunity. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, valuations are there. There's still great valuations overseas as well. But the concerns is how long can the Fed pumping money into the system continue to, you know, push the stock market up when revenues are, you know, slightly growing, GDP is slightly growing. All the fundamentals will eventually get there. The market could get way ahead of itself, though, for two years before that catches up. Which is there's an indicator that says, um, you know, buy stocks when the 10-year treasury is under 4%, 3.5%, whatever number you want to use. And it's eerily correct. Mm-hmm. So when you can get a 10-year treasury for 4, 5, 6%, get it. Right. Absolutely. That's, that's your bond income for life or for 10 years. That's great income. But when it's 2, 3%, or in this case, 1, 2%, uh, it's one of those things where you can't afford to... You have to have some. You have to have some yield. Yeah, you so. do. I mean, you can't sit in cash and then and retire at this point. So, if you are sitting in way too much cash and you sold out and made that huge mistake, at least dollar cost average back in, and stick with a non-emotional program where yeah. you know you're not selling based on your fear. I talked to someone yesterday via email who's got $130,000 in cash. I was like, that's too much. So, 130,000 in cash. 130. It depends on what. What's their age? It doesn't matter. It's too much. 
<laughs> so I, I say at that point in time, go to Ginny Mays or go with something. No, something. I, I totally disagree with you. If you're going to be retired, you have to have three years worth of your expenses. Oh, the, he, he was, yeah, he wasn't anywhere near retirement. Yeah, so if it's, you know, six to 12 months expenses in, in safe money if I you're I can't get you working. on Ginny Mays one step above cash. No. Absolutely no, because if the the, old, the whole idea of your safe money, if Come six on. to twelve months Come if you're working, side. or three years if you're about to retire, that's your cushion. Because what happens dark is when you lose your job, two percent your job, two percent. That's when the markets typically fall, and then you got to draw on stuff. Almost no so. no fluctuation in the principal. Almost none. Come to the dark side. Well, almost none when the when the Fed is making the, almost the whole market for it, eighty five billion dollars a month. What if they stop? What if they don't? Well, it's not safe money. Take that risk in the rest of your portfolio. It's really not a lot of risk with the bond side, but but uh, don't do it with your emergency reserves. The, the market's going to go up this year. You know how I know? How? Anytime an NFL team, an NFC team, has won the Super Bowl, and it's automatically guaranteed because the Ravens used to be the Browns. So they're both from – It's the old AFC doesn't count. So uh, yeah, automatically, yeah. automatically a winner a year. Plus, we've got the January effect that's going in our favor. So it's only had seven negative uh, uh, tells in the last 52 years. So as January goes, so goes the year. Come on, we, you gotta you gotta put go in big, Chad. No, I'm. It's not like I'm not margin. <laughs> I'm not margin. Absolutely not. Those are the six no. letters. Six little letters. M A R G I N. Double up. No, Double down. I'll wait till there's at least a little bit of a correction if I if I'm gonna go overweight in stocks. But I manage for people that are concerned about the downside just as much as the upside. I know. And it's all about getting to the finish line. That's right. So The least amount of risk possible. So I, have I asked, have you ever seen Portland? <laughs> it's a big event coming up this weekend, uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. That's Saturday from 9 to noon. Chad Burton runs that. It's for those of you heading towards retirement, in retirement, rebalancing your portfolio, retirement needs, tax-efficient distributions, current economic outlook. I'm going to go over some dividend-paying, high-dividend or some dividend-paying stocks that I still like for the long-term patient investor. You can sign up for that event at robblack.com. It's 9 to noon, Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek. And in the afternoon, it's my event, Money 101, All Things Financial. That's for those of you in your 20s, 30s, 40s. Sign up for that from 1 to 4, Embassy uh, Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek, robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeartRadio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Got a big seminar weekend. Walnut Creek Embassy Suites, which basically means Chad and I are giving up our Saturdays. So reward us by coming out and giving up your Saturday. Supposedly it's going to rain and flood, and it's going to be a horrible day tomorrow, so cancel your hike. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's Super Bowl Saturday. so You know I wanted to have a Super Bowl party. Have I told you this fantasy of mine? I wanted to send out an invite to my friends and call it a Super Bowl Sunday party. Mm-hmm. And they'll think it's just a typo, right? But then have, like, these really big bouncy balls and don't have the game on and don't have anything (laughs) 
football oriented. Super balls. Exactly. Bouncy balls and balls that you could roll in and balls that, you know, have water in them and just balls. You're always thinking about your. And never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny idea is, like, people would be pissed. I once did a costume party where I told everyone I told it was a different theme. So one person I was like, it's the 70s parties, one person's in the 80s parties, one person it's um, a toga party, one person. So everyone showed up in different costumes, which was pretty funny. And that's pretty much what would have happened anyway, a costume party. No, no, like most people like 70s parties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or, it, you know, okay. You're not you worth. go through a lot of work to mess with people, don't you? I do. Yeah. I do. Dan Reno has a love child. What do you think about that story? Um, that was really interesting because I can't find a reason why it was interesting. I'm just okay. I can find a reason why it's interesting. (laughs) Okay, first and foremost, he decides to cover up an affair by paying millions of dollars. So he's kind of like at work. He's kind of messing things up by having an affair. So don't do that at work because you have to pay for it to cover it up. And then he had a baby out of wedlock, which is going to probably equal either paying his wife of six children. Um, many, many, many vacations or a divorce mm-hmm. where she's going to get more than half. Which uh, is more than a, a million dollars that he paid to keep it secret. No or doubt, whatever right? Or allegedly, sorry. Ale- ex- absolutely. But again, I, it, th- to me, this brings up some of the costly mistakes we make in life. You know, with me, it was that Playboy model. Um, quick marriage, lasted less than a year. Now, I got out of it cheap. I got out of it for the cost of a mediator. Yeah, and a couple thousand dollars. Um, but I, somebody last night that was getting divorced after sixty-three years. Sixty-three years and finally getting divorced. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. it's it's tough. The kids, you know, the kid the kids are having just this tough time with it in their sixties, as you know, teenage kids would before. I mean, they're just so the parents are in their eighties. Yeah, I'm gonna want to be alone in my eighties. I'm. I don't even know what to say to that. You probably will be. <laughs> or, or I guess I do need someone to change my diapers. My depends. It, it was that she's like, don't ever spend more than 25 years with one person. This is what this woman said to me. Really? Yeah, that was her advice. Contentious? Um, no, I mean, she seemed happy now. It's, okay, it's 61 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Client of yours? No, no. Somebody I met at a state planning deal that Michelle Lerman was doing last night. Uh. in. Oh, lovely and talented Michelle Lerman. Mm-hmm. She'll be there party. tomorrow as well. What did she talk about? What are some of the new estate things that we have to be looking forward to? Well, so you know, it's, it's interesting because the financial cliff deal, they acted like it was a solution. It was the, really the only thing solved under this was that we know that most people don't have their capital gains and dividend taxes going up. Um, but in the estate planning world, we've been working since 2001 under a big unknown on what estate taxes were going to be for every, it was changing every year. Um, 2009, you know, there was no estate taxes, or 2010, there was no estate taxes, but a different cost basis. It, it, it was all over the board. Sure. So the one thing that they made permanent, which is permanent only until they change it again, is the amount that you can pass along to your heirs when you die. So they put that limit at a higher limit than at the higher end of what everybody thought, which is five million dollars, but they adjusted it for inflation. So really, it's $5,250,000 per person right now that you can give while you're alive or after you pass um, without any estate taxes. So, hey, if your you know, mom or dad is worth $5 bucks and they pass away, you're going to inherit that all without any estate taxes. Um, now, certain states, you have to realize, have their own yeah. estate tax. 
But um, the issue is, is that most people, their trusts now are too complicated. So a lot of people have a trust that says when the first person dies, in order to not lose their credit, it has to go into a family trust or credit shelter trust. And then it sits in that trust. It can benefit the, the surviving spouse, and then it passes on to the kids when, when the second spouse dies. That's the only way you could protect that credit for the first person that died. Now there's a portability part of it where you don't have to necessarily stick it into another trust. And so for families that have very simple estates, um, no issues with the you know being a second spouse, and you wanting to protect it with your kids, it's your you know, long-time spouse, and it's it, you might not need that credit shelter, that bypass trust feature inside your living trust document. So it's really time for everybody to look at their trusts and say, first of all, read it. Can you understand what it says? If you can't understand, then how is your trustee that you picked going to understand what it says? Um, a lot of trusts are just too complicated. You might need to simplify it. You need to think about whether or not you want that second trust established when you die. Um, and then also think about your kids. Your kids are now older from when you probably originally started your living trust. Maybe they're past 30, 35, 40. And how do you want them to really inherit the money? Trusts are critically important uh, because they save you a ton of money, a ton of time, a ton of headache after someone dies. And again, that's part of it. And plus it's tax efficient. Well, uh, the problem is, though, a lot of it, the trust is supposed to avoid probate, which in California is extremely expensive. Right. Um, you could die. You could die with a two million dollar home with a one and a half million dollar mortgage on it. Your probate's on the two million dollar, not not after the liability, and that's seventeen thousand plus in probate. So you can get a lot, lot more out of a trust. But too many attorneys write them way too complicated, and you end up having to pay high fees anyway. Come meet Chad tomorrow from nine to noon. Wealth preservation retirement planning, Saturday, February second from nine to noon. Tax reduction strategies, reducing risk, diversification portfolios, dividends. Talking trust plans, all financial plans, questions answered, sign up at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Joining me today is CFP Chad Berton. He of the Breton clan. Just over here spilling my Pete's coffee all over the place. Went with Pete's Good huh? way to start the show. I always go with Pete's. Got an, email, got an email from someone the other day. He's like, I had Pete's coffee and it got bought out at 73. Like, where did my shares go? I'm like, look at your brokerage account. There should probably be a big <laughs> lump, lump change of cash. Like, people don't, like, have any clue what they buy stuff and they don't even know what's in their account anymore. 
Yeah. You know, there's certain firms that online, though, it's hard to see where your money market balance is. Okay. So maybe it was just because he's trading at kind of a cruddy, cruddy brokerage firm. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't spell it out very well. Or it's unsettled cash, something like that. That's one of the areas where I still like paper. Mm-hmm. You know, um, anytime like a TD Ameritrade says you want to go paperless, I'm like, nope. I want I want statements. You know, I want the online access, but I also want the statements, just so I could see stuff. So I could feel it, touch it, kiss it. Yep. Make yeah. it more tactile. You know, it's, it's interesting what, you know, when people, when we talk to beginning investors, and the first thing they want to do is try to buy an individual stock right out of the gate. Yeah, big mistake. Especially, um, I started getting a bunch of emails and calls as soon as Apple broke 450. Oh, should I buy it now? Should I buy it now? What else do you own? Well, nothing. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you could buy the entire technology or the entire NASDAQ where you get exposure, typically 15 to 19% in Apple, plus other technology companies um, that are also doing well out there. Um, XLK and QQQ, very similar ETFs on XLK. Um, it's not going to own Facebook because there's not enough float. So if you want that exposure, you have to go QQQ. Okay. And so, Facebook is a very long-term play, and I would buy it in the 20s. I tend to think that people want to own stocks and that they want to like catch up. Right. They're looking uh, for the silver bullet if they're behind, for sure. And I think that's one of the problems. It's boring, Chad. Some, you know, I get my 401k statement every, you know, 90 days, and I'm like, hey, made a little more money. Hey, saved a little more money. Hey. Like, I don't get all that excited by it. Like, it's not, I'm, money shouldn't be excitable. Well, if you're making the buy and sell decisions with anything of excitement, that's yeah. usually when you're wrong. Well, that's what yeah. And everybody that's listening that, you know, did sold out of their portfolio in 2008 and nine. You know, remember that because you're way behind now. Way behind. So, in one of the more odd deals yesterday, the United States government sued to block the world's biggest beer maker from spending twenty billion dollars to get even bigger. Worried about global antitrust regulators. Ultimately, Anheuser InBev, Anheuser Busch InBev, deal with Mexican company that owns the Corona brand. Um, government saying we're blocking it, and all the beer stocks got hit yesterday. Yeah, hammered. And that's. When I tend to like go, we should look at some beer stocks because beer's not going away. Beer will be drank the day I die. Uh, it's been drank since caveman ages when they accidentally brewed some yeast. Um, I don't know. You, you, do you agree with me? Like when there's bad news, that's that's when you should be interested. When Apple was getting punished two, yeah. week, two weeks ago, that's when you should become interested. Yeah, so it's you buy when other people are fearful. Fearful. However, the the one thing to think about is that if the sell-off and the fear is coming from a dividend cut or an SEC investigation, that's when I would not agree. That's when you steer clear until those issues are resolved. Because when a company cuts a dividend, that's, there's something wrong. Um, they're, going, they're going to go through a reorganization period yeah. for quite a while or possibly be gone. I mean, you know, look at Nokia. They started to finally rebound a little bit, and then dividend was cut recently, and now investors are not being rewarded on a quarterly basis with income. So my favorite maxims just kind of ring true. Be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. But right. also, like this week, we had two classic ones. Um, buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Um, horrible, horrible company. Research in motion. Uh, stock doubles. It's not research in motion anymore. Now it's called BlackBerry. Right. There you go. Uh, but stock doubles going into the launch of the BlackBerry 10, mm-hmm. and then as soon as BlackBerry 10 is released, it's down 50% in the three days since it was released. So, like, 
buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Same thing with Facebook. Facebook's going to have a great quarter, have great November, great December, great January. Stock's up 50-plus percent um, from where it was back then. Quarter comes out and stock sells off. Buy on the rumor, sell on the news. It's weird how... Yeah, and all they said was that it would, essentially what Amazon has said in the past, we're going to spend so that we can invest in long-term growth. We're not, we're not managing the company on a quarter-by-quarter quarter basis. I am intrigued by that stock in the 20s, but not yeah. in the 30s. Right. Well, the, I mean, the, the way that they're switching to mobile is interesting. So the, the whole thing with Facebook, though, is that how much Facebook fatigue we'll have in the, in the world before how many marriages it's going to ruin and things like that. <laughs> True. True. You know, it's, it's, it's tough on, on the relationship world. Well, uh, one thing that I was interested in, um, have you ever noticed your friends like to take pictures of food? Oh, and tell you what they're eating? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw an, uh, an analyst talk about how that on Facebook could turn into restaurant reviews, mm-hmm. where Chad's in, say he's in San Carlos, and I've been in town, and I've taken pictures of my food, and Chad suddenly sees that Rob likes their food there, and he, you trust me more than you trust Yelp, yep. in theory. Um, so they could start doing reservations almost instantly. Right. Or they could do advertising for the best restaurants based on your friend's reviews, which I would trust your review of a ho- hotel in Costa Rica more so than you know, Yelp's t- uh, typical review or Zagat. You know, I think people in the Bay Area trust maybe Yelp more than other people. Okay. I tend to find that the only reason I'm going to go online and review something is if I'm really ticked off about it. Okay. You know, so I, I've but you're not a woman. <laughs> Thank Women you. sit at home all day long, like, oh, I got my nails done today. I know, I'm just, I'm upsetting a lot of listeners I know, right just, now. I just realized uh, tomorrow we're not going to see any women now in the audience because of what you just said. That's okay. <laughs> I love it when people listen in to you and they, they pull these things out of context. You, you'll do a whole show about women and investing. Yeah. And the things that they need to think about. And the, but they'll pick out this one piece. And uh, yeah, yeah. say that Rob Black hates women or hates old people. True. <laughs> I got an email from a 72-year-old woman who said, I really love your sense of humor. So any negatives, I'm totally good with because that one woman just bailed me out. Okay, um, seminar tomorrow. You mentioned it. You talk about it. Okay, yeah, the morning is is all about, um, look, timing the market is everything in retirement, not when you're younger. And what I mean by that is having a system in place to lock in gains, peel the growth. Because we, we go through – the one thing that is sure is that we're, we're getting a lot more volatility in the markets today. And I think we'll continue to see that this year because the lack of fear and the complacency in the market is approaching levels when we typically have little corrections, 5 to 7%. Um, you can look at like sentimenttrader.com and see some of those um, – the VIX transform and other things. And, and in retirement, when you're spending your cash, you need to have a plan to replenish that cash. And that plan has to, you, that means you've got to look at your portfolio on a quarterly basis. And when there's gains, you peel off enough of your, enough of your gains to maintain your three years of expenses in cash and, and that certain cushion to get you through the bad times. And then you invest for enough yield from your dividends and interest to make that cash last at least five years. So that's the way that I get to a five-year income hedge in retirement. And then some of the alternative uh, retirement products that are out there that are non-commission-based, that are something that you need to think about to do one more thing, which is make sure that you have so, some sources of dependable monthly income that's, that, that you can't outlast now that hardly any of us have pensions anymore. So you need to do this on your own. And being realistic about retirement, too. It's expensive. You know, um, long-term care insurance costs drastically increased really. so health insurance is very expensive in retirement you can sign up for the event embassy suite walnuts uh, creek tomorrow from nine to noon at robblack.com i'm doing one in the afternoon
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Doing two seminars tomorrow. Two seminars tomorrow. In Walnut Creek at the Embassy Suites. Chad runs the money preservation, wealth preservation, retirement planning event. It's about two and a half hours. We do 30 minutes of questions and answers at the end. Um, It's informative. It's educational. It's fast. It's non-intimidating. There's no aggressive sales pitch. There's nothing like... uh, you're stupid. It, it tries to humanize what wealth preservation and retirement planning should be about. You know, my goal is to get you to retirement. His goal is to get you to death in a comfortable lifestyle or something like that. Would you, how would you describe your goal, Chad? Well, first of all, being realistic about how much it costs to retire these days. Yeah. Um, because people forget that you know most of their assets are in 401ks and IRAs. So you got to pay Uncle Sam. Yeah. You've... Uh, Get, you've got to realize the healthcare well, costs. Let's put that in terms. One million dollars in your four hundred one k is really only eight hundred fifty thousand in four hundred one k because you got to pay that fifteen percent income tax to Uncle Sam. Right. Yeah. So a million at the most you want to you're going to be at sixty five be able to pull a gross out of about fifty thousand. Okay. Pay taxes on that at the state and federal level, depending on where you live, and live on what's left over. Right. And so. You know, you've got to, hey, what is my Social Security? Will Social Security keep up with inflation? You know, they've been pretty cheap when it comes to Social Security lately because even though we go to the grocery store and we see the huge increases in food costs and then energy costs, Social Security missed last year an increase. Um, this year it had an increase, but also Medicare Part B, which comes right out of your Social Security check, had a 5% increase. So because of the health care costs in, in Medicare and Medicare Part B mostly, which is what you pay for, Social Security really doesn't inflate anymore. It, it, it just won't for you. And if you're under 45, you shouldn't even assume Social Security will be there. It'll, it'll either be, if it is there, it'll be replaced by higher taxes. So be realistic about retirement and know what you're going to do in retirement because a lot of people, they focus on that date. They have no hobbies, no interests. They retire and they're miserable. You, I have no hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interests. You run, but will you be able to run it no. at you know, 65? I'll I'll do what all runners do, become bikers. Exactly. So. No, please don't put the tights on. I will not. I promise you. Okay, good. So, and if I do, I'll do like a belly shirt. So it's tights with my my belly hanging over. Oh, well, if you're gonna do the belly shirt, make sure it's tied right above, <laughs> right here at the chest, in a knot. You know, one thing I I don't like bikers who think they're cars. I I, I don't think bikers should assume as much as they assume. If they think they do that long enough, they end up probably in the hospital. You know, um, I just want to mention one thing. Killer waves. You know how, how, how many people have died in California this year due to waves? No, I don't. I have no idea. Five people have died just walking on the beach, and a wave comes up and hits them and drags them to the sea and kills them. Really? Yeah. Five people this year. Is that, is that a common number on an annual basis? No, it's uncommon. We've got really uncommon waves hitting the, the ocean. Uh, Beach side this year. Interesting. Wow. So, so watch out for those killer waves. Remember, waves don't kill people. No, actually, waves do kill people. <laughs> it's not the wave. It's the shark that eats you once you get sucked out. You know, I don't... That would be the greatest way on the planet to die, being eaten by a shark. Yeah. So, you know, everyone would be like, wow, <laughs> he died respectfully. I'm going to die, like, pooping in my pants and in the hospital bed, and no one's going to notice for 12 hours, and... 
stink. <laughs> you have a horrible outlook on life. I thought you were more positive than that. Well, I'll get there. Yeah. So, okay, big event this weekend. Um, there's kind of a price tag tied towards it for parking. For those of you who don't want to prepay, just cover your own parking and come on out. Um, Walnut Creek Embassy Suites uh, has an $8 valet parking, so we just built that. No, in. no, if they go by themselves, they're yeah. going to pay much more. So if they, go, if they register online, that's, that's essentially just to pay for the parking. Yeah, but it's also close to a metro, so if you want to just bart in and walk to the place and show up, that's fine as well. But I'm pretty close to a metro right now. What's that? Never mind. You <laughs> Christian Station, dude. Christian sorry, Station. sorry, sorry. So, hey, so far, Rob, um, revenue? This quarter, I'm looking at bespokeinvest.com uh, sure. there. Uh, so far, of their earnings reports, 63.9% of the companies reporting have beat earnings estimates. Bogus. Which, <laughs> bogus. Which is, they lowered their revenue expectations right. 90 days ago. <laughs> exactly, drastically. Right. Drastically, and their revenue expectations. So, you know, but in last quarter on the earnings reports only 50% of the companies beat on revenue so far 60.8% again on lowered revenue estimates um markets rallying 1% today on <laughs> unemployment increasing and a pretty pretty poor jobs report for last month um at the same time it's rallying because december and november and december were increased higher in terms of the number of jobs right. created and more people are looking for jobs so unemployment ticks up and yet the market rallies why because that means that the Fed is going to continue to pump money into the system. Okay. That's what that's what's making the market rally right now. Can't ignore it. Yeah, it's low cost money. I mean, I'll put it a different way. You know, you and I are borrowing. It, it, you make it sound negative because the Fed's doing it. I've refinanced two mortgages in the last year that saved me over well over twelve thousand dollars a year. Right. Right. And I spend my money. You know, it's I, I max out my four hundred one k. I do what a good soldier does. But then at the end of the year, I'm like, woo, home improvement, or like I'm gonna get a new roof, or I'm gonna like I I spend my money. Yeah. So that low cost of money go, does come back into the economy. Well, here's what you look when when we talk about this, and when it you think I'm negative, what I do is when everybody's positive, I look for reasons to be a little bit more negative and look for reasons to take gains or look for opportunities to have, to have the market pull back from highs to pick up stuff that I want to pick up. That's on my shopping list. Yeah. That's all that I'm looking at right now. Um, the idea of you can't fight the Fed, that's true. How long will that last? We don't know. Oh, it's going to be ugly. I think we have to be more vigilant as investors. When interest rates start moving higher, mm-hmm. it's going to be an ugly stock market uh, to be especially a consumer discretionary kind of stock. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things where you can't just put your head in the sand and depend on asset allocation. Yeah. You're going to have to be a little bit more active in the next couple of years. I was looking at Diamond Ring financing recently. You mm-hmm. know what they charge? What? Like a Jared Jewelers, K Jewelers, that kind of stuff. 28%. Really? You wow. can borrow money on credit cards cheaper than you could borrow to get married to the one you love. You shouldn't be buying a diamond on credit anyway. Have you ever got a woman a cubic zirconium, honestly? No, haven't. Honestly. Have you ever considered it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We need yes to be the first. Mm, 100 answer. shares of Apple or this ring. Let's see. <laughs> you know my brother Michael's such a such a jerk. I almost said a dirty word there. Um, offered his his fiance. He said, instead of twelve thousand dollars at the wedding, I'll put it in your in your retirement plan. And she took the wedding, and they got divorced. So bad decision. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, two events this weekend. Sign up online at robblack.com. Robblack.com. 
Chad runs the morning event. I run the afternoon event. We, we both speak at each other's events, and we answer all your questions. And Michelle Lerman, estate planning attorney, is going to be there. So a lot of experts will be there talking real estate, talking estate planning, talking investing, talking wealth preservation, talking stock selection. You can sign up for either event, wealth preservation in the morning, Money 101 in the afternoon. You know which one you are. Sign up at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black here. My name is Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Got a big event tomorrow. So this is actually a six-day working week for me. Working all day Saturday like a dog. Going to be in the East Bay, my one big trip to the East, East Bay of the year. Um, I'd love to see you out there. It's always a good time, good events. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning from 9 to noon in Missy Suites in Walnut Creek. Uh, you can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I'm going to be bringing a list of about 20 stocks that I think are great long-term names that pay dividends, which are great during good times and bad times. Um, some of them, it's a list. It's, it's something that I do that I love. So the wealth preservation is early in the morning from 9 to noon. Uh, Money 101 is in the afternoon from 1 to 4. Bring your portfolios. Drop your portfolios off. I will make sure that your portfolios get a professional review and someone gets back to you. On top of that, we'll take time to listen to you. You know, it's it's very informal. When I was in college, I had a Shakespeare teacher who had a, something called an absolutely positively not required Saturday class. And he'd bring donuts. And basically, he went to class like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but he also came in on Saturday mornings for those of those people who wanted a little bit extra, you know, talk on Shakespeare, a little extra help, insight, you know, color. And it was probably the best thing that I ever learned is that the informal way of education is the best way to be brought up to speed on topics that intimidate you. Uh, CFP Chad Burton will be there tomorrow. Chad, did you ever have a absolutely positively not required Saturday morning class that, hey, it doesn't hurt to show up with donuts and, and learn a little Shakespeare? No. In the world of athletics, we had the, those types of practices, though. Okay. I don't remember a class that had an absolutely positively not required class, no. You were giving me a little flack earlier about not wearing spandex while bicycling. Who, me? No. Yeah, but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Those yeah. wrestling yeah, outfits yeah. exactly They're horrible. Work. I, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, so. <laughs> I wore a singlet for way too many years. Yeah, and those can't smell good at the end of the season. <laughs> no. So... Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I played soccer for 17 years of my life. You wrestled. You did a lot of high school sports. Uh, sports a great thing for kids, fantastic thing for kids. Yeah. Uh, they say that in the state of California, like, this is a weird state. Send your kids to public schools if you want them to go to state schools. Send your kids to private schools if you want them to go to, like, big national schools. So it's odd. Like, being a parent in this state has to be intimidating. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, one mouth feeds easy. Four mouths feeds tough, so private schools aren't cheap. Pre pre kindergartens aren't cheap. So, 
No, it's not. I mean, you want your kids to be active, and part of you know you want them to be smart and do good in school, but also be a part of a team and learn how to work in that environment and uh, achieve other goals. Um, but yeah, you get a couple of kids, and I find myself spending at least ten hours a week minimum at events or driving to or picking up from events with three kids. One thing that I adore about you, and I've always liked doing business with you, I've always liked our business relationship, is you can tell someone the way they are with their mom is golden. You have a great relationship with your mother. But on top of that, you've got, you're just a great father. I, like, I admire you on that level. Oh, thank um, you. You've got something that you call one hour of screen time. Your kids get one hour of screen time a day. That's crazy that you're able to like pull that off and they don't crack you and they don't break you and they don't... <laughs> The, the 13-year-old is, is sneaking definitely more time than that, but it's tough because, you know, he's also a straight-A student, so it's, you start making his own wise decisions, but I think younger kids, especially really young kids that spend hours and hours on an iPad, it's so bad for their brains. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, with that said, that's just one of the lessons you have to learn. Kids. Kids and money. You know, I think you have to learn a little bit about life insurance. You have to learn a little bit about disability insurance. One of the best pieces of advice, a woman sent me an email the other day, rob at robblack.com. She sent me an email and said, I've got a small pension and about $200,000 saved. Mm -hmm. And I said, you probably should keep working as long as you can. And don't take Social Security for as long as you can, because if you can wait from 62 to 70, you'll get a bigger payout, 70% higher payout. Yeah. Um, But again, she might die at 66 and be mad at me. You know, there's there's actually tricks with Social Security that people don't even think about, especially when there's a spread in age or retirement years between a husband and a wife. Okay. Um, a common scenario that I see is that wife either stops working or retires earlier, say the age of 60 or 62, but husband wants to keep working. And so because husband's working, he doesn't want to take Social Security till full retirement age doesn't even maybe need it till 70. There's no reason to hold off after age 70, so if you hit 70, take it. But what if if you had a spouse, say your wife who's younger than you, she worked on her own. She got there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. If if she worked on her own and she got her own Social Security benefits, she could file at 62 and collect based on her earnings. And then once husband turns 70 and collects his Social Security, she can switch to the higher spousal amount. And you're talking about oftentimes hundreds of thousands of dollars through your life expectancy by maximizing Social Security. Dollars. Dollars. You just sounded like Alex Trebek there. I don't. I don't know why that came out like that. <laughs> oh, I'll take golly. next topic for five, Rob. Next topic for five. <laughs> Again, if you break things down into lessons, kids and money. You know, kid is uh, three hundred thirty thousand dollars in the state of California from age zero to seventeen. Yep. Um, another three hundred thousand dollars if you want to pay for college uh, in future costs, not in current costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word future cost implies inflation. A lot of people don't count on inflation, Chad. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. So if you, if you don't retire with enough to adjust annually for inflation, it means you're eventually your um, standard of living is going to fall drastically when you're late 70s and early 80s. So there's a chart on my website, and I emailed it to you the other day, where you can say, here's what rate of return I'm achieving on my portfolio, and here's how much I'm drawing on an annual basis. It adjusts your withdrawals for inflation. It'll tell you roughly how long your money's going to last. Um, and people need that kind of quick and dirty look to say, am I even close to retirement or not? So, and you know what's, what's interesting, too, is that for the high income earners that are listening to the show, you know, if your adjusted gross income is under 250000 there's really no changes for you tax-wise. 
if things are fine, they're, they're just status quo. Over 250, you have an extra surcharge tax, Medicare tax, on your dividends and interest income, your investment income, essentially. Um, and at the higher level, 450 and above, there is capital gains tax went from 15 to 23.8. In addition, there's they reduce the amount of deductions you can take. So higher income earners redo their overall asset allocation and redo their tax plan. We can even talk about mortgage payoff here in a minute, too. Quick question for you. Um, retirement calculators. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at TD Ameritrade's website right now, and um, you know you could, you could do calculators on early withdrawal, early payout, projected retirement income, required minimum distributions. Are there any tools that you really, really like that you actually trust that do have the um, scenarios built into the calculator that they're not forgetting things like inflation or multiple streams of income or any uh, good websites for us? No, you know, it's tough. Um, if you're really young and you're just trying to get a basic idea, those retirement calculators are okay. Um, gosh, I'd have to pull up my list because I, I did this on one of the Monday shows on the ones that are fairly decent. I haven't actually checked out TD Ameritrade, even though I use it as a custodian. Um, but when you're older and you're actually trying to pick the, the actual date and you think you're within 10 years of it, none of the retirement calculators that I know of that are free online do a good job of estimating the taxes. So you can't say, I've got X in retirement accounts, X in taxable accounts. It varies for everybody because your taxable accounts, some people have a very low cost basis, and they'll pay a lot of capital gains taxes they draw. Some people have a very high, or they might even have... Um, you know, carry forward losses from the tech correction. Uh, so taxes are such a huge part of your retirement planning and then setting up a plan to say, which accounts am I going to draw from first? I've got taxable accounts, I've got cash, I've got IRAs, I've got Roth IRAs. And having what, what a lot of people end up doing is they have a really low tax bracket for the first several years and then a really high if they do it wrong. So you want to levelize your taxes and make sure that your, your asset location is correct. And it switches a little bit because you want most of your dividend-paying stocks and high-income stocks you know, in your retirement accounts as you're working so you don't pay taxes on the dividends. But once you retire, some of those things like oil and gas, MLPs, which are just stocks that, that uh, are, they ship or transport natural gas and oil, those stocks are fine to have in your taxable account because most of the dividend is tax-free. So things change a little bit when you retire. And uh, especially, the, the, they've changed a lot, Rob, for people that are high-income earners. They really have. Okay. Um, talk about a little bit about the events this weekend. Uh, we're going to be, obviously, in Walnut Creek tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah, realistic view on what retirement costs. What, what are the tax issues? What are the health care costs that you're not thinking about? Um, go through determining how much you need and then going from determining how much you need to realizing how much you're going to draw from your portfolio every single year that gross number, and that leads right into your asset allocation because you need three years' worth of expenses and safe money to get you through the bad markets. Then you need to invest the rest of the assets to have enough yield to make that safe money last at least five years. And then I'd go through a process of telling you when you sell, when you lock in your gains that come because markets are a bit more volatile these days. They Good big gains come in one quarter, and they can disappear the next. So you need to lock in the gains based on what you're spending. With that said, um, you can sign up for the events at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning early in the morning, Walnut Creek Embassy Suites. Uh, sign up at robblack.com, and we'll cover your parking. 
Uh, the parking's expensive, so we'll cover that for you. You can sign up at robblack.com. Wealth preservation, retirement planning, early in the morning, 9 to noon. And then from 1 to 4, Money 101, all things financial. Money 101, all things financial. I'll teach you everything you need to know, all the lessons that you have to hit to get the basics of getting to retirement. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online, robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, Cron4, Rob Black. Got some fun events coming up. Going to do a Black Wednesday next Wednesday. Be sure in the park inside Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa, Lafayette, California. That should be a nice event. Uh, Very high-end, free to the public. Come out from 4 to 6, I think it is, 4 to 6 roughly. Do a little networking. Maybe it's 5 to 7. It's 5 to 7, actually, 5 to 7. You can find out more about that at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. While you're there, send feedback to my bosses. If you uh, love the show, say I love Rob Black and your money. If you don't like what I do, uh, mention how much you don't like Ray Lucia. Depends on which show you like and which one you don't like. CFP Chad Bird. Danger zone there, buddy. No, no, no. I love Ray. Love Ray. Love him. Love, love, love him. I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. So um, that's about all I got, Chad. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of pooped out. So do you want to hit that topic on uh, high income earners and what they should be doing? Is that too narrow a piece of the overall radio audience? Oh, it's a very narrow piece of the radio audience. <laughs> 1% of the population, who knows how much of the radio station, right? Yeah, you know the, the tax laws, the fiscal cliff that went into effect? Yeah. A lot of people think the Democrats won. And again, some people just call themselves Republicans. Some people call themselves Democrats. And I think that's silly. I could tell you that as a percentage of GDP in the last 30, 40 years, taxes haven't gone up. They've gone down as a percentage of GDP. And that's one way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I think that dividend income tax going up a little bit higher kind of hurts. And there were some components in it that, like, I don't like. But overall, I think it was a big victory for the Republicans. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you had it's, – it's really the biggest chunks are if you're over 400000 adjusted gross income fil- single or four fifty filing jointly. That's where the big hits come into play, and they're quite large. I mean, if you're making – a real high income earner of a million dollars is paying over $100,000 more in taxes in many cases. But isn't a real high income earner also figuring out ways of sheltering their taxes better, like in real estate? Because real estate's great for not paying taxes. Well, look, I mean, it, the, the thing is, is that you can only get so much loss out of real estate. So if you have, okay. if you're if you're investing in in real estate and you've got some positive income, yet your depreciation and other expenses like your mortgage interest, if if your real estate is showing a loss on your Schedule E as a result of that. Losses over twenty five thousand started becoming suspended, 
So you can only shelter so much. You can only offset so much income. Um, so it, it becomes tougher. There's there's not as much things they can do offshore and things like that that everybody talks about because the, the government has drastically gone after that. If you're not reporting assets that are offshore, you can have you can spend time in jail. Yeah. It's that bad now. Um, but even retirees that you know have a lot of cash or they're worried about how far up their bond portfolio is gone when interest rates are at all time lows. Yeah. You know, people get worried right now about refinancing their mortgage in retirement because the rates are very, very low. Okay. But people need to look at whether or not if they don't have a mortgage, will they still be able to itemize their deductions? And some people that are sitting on a lot of cash or a bond portfolio that's gone too far too fast and they're looking at peeling gains and they're looking at their mortgage that's, you know, hey, maybe it's four and a half percent and they can refinance it under four. Well, they might even look at paying it off because it's a cash flow item in retirement. And if they can pay it off yet still itemize their deductions, it might make sense if they're not going to move anytime soon and they, they just don't want to have to have that idea of paying that monthly mortgage because people refinance, they're paying lower interest, but they have a lower deduction. So um, we're looking at those situations now, and, and um, I'd say about 20% of the time for people that look at refinancing retirement, I'm telling them, you know what, you probably should just pay off the loan. Okay. It's it's kind of a different different uh, angle because a part of it is your cash isn't earning much, right? You have a certain amount in CDs. The more outflow you have, the more safe money you're required to have. And safe money and CDs and things like that is not earning a lot, unfortunately, right now. Anything that we need to know about for the seminars tomorrow? Anything you want to plug? Anything you're going to hand out? Any warnings? Any warnings? Well, um, you know, in terms of well, in terms of warning, it's just about right now the markets are going up because of central banks around the world they're printing a lot of money to try to get us through this deleveraging process. So you can't sit just in cash. That's not going to make you enough money to retire, especially with inflation. Inflation will eventually come because of all the printing of money. And it's really about um, the biggest warning is take your gains when they come in retirement. You start retirement with a certain risk level, and you have to maintain that risk level. You can't let your stocks grow too far too fast without peeling the house money off the table and replenishing your cash. Otherwise, you'll end up with too much risk as you age. And that's when it gets hard to sleep at night. If you end up with too much risk and then you get hit with one of those you know, big 15%, 20% corrections that come every three to five years, and you're drawing when that happens, you won't recover. But if you have safe money and you have a plan to scrape off those gains when they come, you'll be able to sleep just fine. And you know, we've been talking about the strategy route for 13 years, and it's worked perfectly over the last five. Yeah. So to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Long-running joke that I do, Chad. Right at the end of the show. Last minute of the show on Friday. <laughs> so um, on Monday I ended the show one segment early. I'm like, go Niners. We'll talk to you next week. And I have one segment. <laughs> Did you hang left. out? <laughs> no, I was. Luckily, the the producer caught me right right before I was about to sign off. So come meet us tomorrow. I'm going to be doing the Money 101 and all things financial. It's for the younger people, people under the age of 50 who are accumulating wealth. Who need to know anything that need to know about finances? I'm going to go over about 20 lessons. Chad's going to be doing the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Embassy Suites, Walnut Creek, tomorrow from 9 to noon. Come meet Chad, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. More info at robblack.com. It's a
Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.